Attention Cannabis Radio listeners. Do you suffer from chronic pain, anxiety, depression, or PTSD? These are the most common qualifying conditions for medical cannabis. Did you know that in many states you can visit a doctor online with no waiting rooms, no drive, not even an appointment needed? See a doctor right from your smartphone. It's fast, convenient, and it'll save you money as most states don't collect taxes on medical cannabis purchases. So what are you waiting for? Go to MarijuanaDoctors.com slash Cannabis Radio and get $5 off your on-demand medical card evaluation. Welcome to Chronic Risk, the voice of the National Cannabis Risk Management Association. Stay tuned for expert advice and analysis on issues pertaining to risk in the cannabis industry from NCRMA's members and certified service partners. Chronic Risk, secured by the National Cannabis Risk Management Association, starts now. Welcome to another episode of Chronic Risk, the voice of the NCRMA, the National Cannabis Risk Management Association. I'm your host, Jennifer Zalkin, the Manager of Marketing and Regional Director for the East for the Association. Thank you so much for joining us. Chronic Risk is the podcast that gives insights on risk and the cannabis industry from the NCRMA's partners, members, and affiliates. Today, we are joined by cannabis compliance powerhouse, Jenny Germano. A little, bit, a little bit about Jenny. Jenny began working in the Colorado industry in 2009, or the, the, go back, sorry. A little bit about Jenny. Jenny began working in the Colorado marijuana industry in 2009 after she transi- transitioned over from working in commercial kitchens for 23 years in the restaurant industry. She worked her way from the ground floor through every employee and management position in medical dispensaries to the level of director of operations of a multi-million dollar recreational dispensary and cultivation operation in 2014. Jenny is a longtime industry vet, witnessing the industry in Colorado go from an unregulated Wild West in 2009 to regulated market of 2020. This experience has taught her the importance of implementing, understanding regulation and protocol. In 2015, Jenny founded ICS Consulting Service and transitioned from being an employee in the regulated cannabis industry to chief executive officer of a compliance-focused consulting business. ICS specializes in compliance-based services such as third-party state regulatory audits, state and local license application support, technical writing, standard operating procedures development, compliance operations training, employee retention solutions, employee onboarding, manufacturer food and product safety certification slash slash serve safe instructor. She's OSHA certified. She's a licensed facility build out support, HR compliance and operational compliance readiness support. Woo, that was a mouthful, but very impressive. For more information, you can go to ICS Consulting Service. That's I-C-S-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G-S-E-R-V-I-C-E.com. We at the NCRMA are excited about Jenny's second course contribution to our, our NCRM Academy, Preparing for Compliance in the Cannabis Industry, which can be found at ncrma.net backslash NCRM Academy. Jenny, welcome back to Chronic Risk. Since you've joined us last, several states have newly established cannabis legalization with a list of even more gearing up to do so. For our listeners in these newly established states, what do you need to know if you're entering the cannabis industry? 
Well, thank you. I just uh, I appreciate you having me on today. I'm really excited uh, to be talking about this course uh, that's coming up. And for your question, there have been a lot of new states that are recently have come online and they're getting ready to be releasing a license application. And one of my biggest tips for when you're stepping into a new emerging state that's going to be doing um, uh, a competitive license application market is just to make sure that you do your research and research other markets, uh, other competitive markets, uh, because, for example, like New Jersey, it's going to be an absolutely competitive market going on in New Jersey, and people are going to be spending millions of dollars to win applications in New Jersey, where if you look at like Colorado, it's not really a competitive market anymore as far as license applications or Michigan. Um, it's really not very competitive depending on the municipality. So I, you know, it's really important to do your research and um, and make sure that you're getting uh, educated and that you uh, build a really good team to work, <clears throat> a really good uh, license application team to work with. Totally. Now to backtrack a little bit for again our those newly established states and you know new listeners or people who in a more mature state are looking to uh, open and start a cannabis business, can you explain what exactly does compliance mean and why it's so important in this industry? Yeah, so for uh, compliance is really just about adhering to a set of standards or regulations that been that's been set forth. Uh, by any kind of governing body, uh, it could be your, it could be state, it could be local, it could be, you know, it could be the federal government, like any regulations that the FDA are setting out. There's a set of standards that you have to follow, comply to, in order uh, to operate successfully in a regulated industry, whether it's cannabis or another regulated industry. Um, and so then, uh, once you started adhering to these standards, compliance is really it's really inherent. Like we don't really talk about compliance too much in a lot of other industries. It's, it's really talked about in compliance a lot because it's just a new industry. If you talk to somebody who comes from the pharmaceutical industry, uh, they are not, they're like, what's this compliance thing that everyone's talking about? Because it's so ingrained and inherent in what they do already. They're not thinking, oh, I have to be compliant today. But, but because we're such a new industry, we talk about it a lot. So it's really just, it's, it's, it's a natural process of just following the standards that are already created for you to follow. So now that's the, the first step is understanding compliance. And then there's understanding how to put together a compliance program. What do you see as in, the important components in a compliance program? Yeah, so compliance program is is really just organizing all the different all the different things that you have to do in order uh, to to be in compliance. So it's really your roadmap to all your to it's housing all your different programs that you're creating that relate to your licensed facility. So for example, if you have a cultivation facility or a manufacturing facility. Uh, your program would look different than if you had a dispensary or if you were a transporter or a testing facility. It, it really has to do with the type of facility that you're operating. And a few examples of what could go into a safety program is one is obviously training, whether it's the internal training or if you're getting third party uh, uh, training, like a certain, like, like OSHA certified or something uh, for that program. But it's really like 
taking all the different tools that you're going to use uh, to create safety in that environment. So it could be like maybe what's our PPE program or how are we doing, how are we, what's our application for maybe spraying plants, uh, HAZCOM, which is the hazard which is the hazard communication plan. And then you have the EAP, which is the emergency action plan. That's an OSHA standard as well. And so you're, you're just organizing all this in one space and then what everyone's responsibility within the program, uh, you know, for example, for the emergency action plan, if there's a fire and alarm going on in your grow or your, or your manufacturing facility or even the dispensary, What's the procedure? What's the process? Who's in charge? Who's counting heads? Where are we meeting? It's just, it's really specific things like that. How do we handle, you know, a burglary or, you know, a really bad uh, weather situation like a hurricane or a snowstorm or something like that. So it's really, it's really getting everything organized in one area. Um, and that way everyone's trained properly and, and they understand all the different elements of, uh, of the program. Speaking of ensuring that everyone's trained properly, uh, it makes me think of you know, how important a company employee handbook must be. Can you elaborate a little bit on um, how important having one? Yeah, is? sure. Yeah. And so that's also uh, an employee handbook is definitely part of a compliance program. You know, uh, an employee handbook, it's really interesting. This is a pretty standard practice in the United States. Most companies, corporations, uh, you get an employee handbook when you start there. It outlines all the company policies. And not to confuse it, you know, a, a, hand, a handbook is about policies and not procedures. Standing operating procedures are about the action steps and how to do things and, and, and things that uh, have to do with your job role. But when it comes to the employee handbook, these are going to be specific policies like uh, anything around theft or maybe like, you know, um, you know, a minute, you know, full-time employees get these benefits and part-time employees get this benefits, you know, maybe, you know, what the state requires as far as uh, from the labor department, meaning like maybe your state has a specific rule around maternity leave or, um, or breastfeeding or anything like that, or maybe from military or if someone in your family passes, all that information is going to be in the employee handbook. Um, you know, it, it's just going to cover everything like violence in the workplace, sexual harassment policies, and even consumption policies. They're going to be just because uh, we're in cannabis and we're licensed and we're regulated. It doesn't mean we can just, you know, pull out the bong at the office and just start smoking away uh, as much as people would just love to be doing bong rips at work. Uh, when you're when you're on a licensed premise that's regulated on camera, there's no bong rips happening whatsoever. Uh, maybe if you're an ancillary company and you're not really regulated, you're, you're doing that. So, you know, the handbook is a really important uh, component uh, in anyone's licensed facility. It just it really gives the employees the opportunity to understand, uh, you know, what they have to follow and the, the guide and it holds them accountable and you need something to hold employees accountable. Absolutely. Now, um, separately, you know, from the employee handbook, I know uh, a lot of a lot of business owners are often concerned most about controlling their inventory. Uh, what should they expect when it comes to inventory management? Yeah, inventory management is a full-time job. So anyone that's thinking about, you know, who do I give this job role to? 
Um, obviously, you want to pick someone that has uh, experience in controlling inventory management. Now, they necessarily don't have to be from the cannabis sector. If you're brand new and you're just getting licensed and everything is brand new in your state, what if I can't actually find cannabis employees that have years of experience? Well, you want to hire someone that has had any kind of inventory control uh, management in another industry. And that could just be the restaurant industry. They have, uh, they understand how uh, to, the supply chain and management of that. So anyone that has experience managing a supply chain would be in a good position to do the inventory management. And then you get them trained on that state required system. So I would say, I don't know, metric, which is a seed to sale tracking system probably has, I don't know, maybe 60% of the United States. Um, they're probably the number one uh, track and trace system that's mandated by the state. And then there's two other ones. Uh, so uh, training, understanding the platform that you're required to use um, and also tracking, not only the system does the tracking, but then there's the physical inventory count aspect. I'm always talking about this. If you, you have to track everything um, physically, and that's really important to do that on a daily basis. Um, in the old days, we used to just do inventory like once a week. I would never recommend that now. I highly recommend daily physical inventory counts, whether you're production, manufacturing, um, or uh, dispensary and grow, sorry. It's really, really important stuff. And clearly a lot goes into running and maintaining uh, a successful cannabis business. But uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to keep diving into uh, all of Jenny Germano's knowledge uh, of all things compliance related uh, and how you can prepare uh, for sustainable success in the industry. So we'll, we'll be right back. Chronic Risk will continue after we visit our certified advertisers. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. You're listening to the voice of the National Cannabis Risk Management Association, NCRMA's Chronic Risk only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. We're here at Chronic Risk with Jenny Germano of ICS Consulting. She's also a NCRMA service partner and a course contributor. We're here today uh, talking about uh, her newest course, Preparing for Compliance in the Cannabis Industry. So Jenny, I know firsthand that the energy inside of a cannabis business changes drastically when an investigator shows up. And uh, I mean, boy, does word travel fast. So how can, how can one be prepared for an investigation or a visit from an investigator? That, that is so true. I myself have been through multiple investigations um, at every type of level of an employee that I've ever been in this industry. And uh, I think the first thing that happens is the fear component starts to percolate in the employee's 
Um, and so that's that's the whole point why I bring up the fear piece is because being prepared, uh, like adhering to compliance, understanding and grasping it and making sure you have all the training elements, that really prepares you for when an investigator is going to come in. So that your facility is being audited, that you know that you're doing all the things that you're supposed to be doing in your facility. When that investigator walks in, maybe you're getting a surprise inspection, or maybe you're getting kind of more of a commencement inspection because you just got licensed and you're getting your first physical inspection in order to operate. You know, there's several different types of inspections that you can have in your facility. Either way, I mean, it really does kind of stir up the fear and you want to want to make sure that you're doing everything right. So that's why it's really important to be prepared. And so a couple ways that you can be prepared is one, making sure that all the employees are trained, like I mentioned before, but also um, ensuring an in-house audit. I think it's really important to do internal auditing at your facility and your compliance officer, whoever, or your quality assurance manager, whoever is going to be doing those audits. That's something that the employees are going through weekly because it's actually preparing them for when you do have a surprise inspection, but also also utilizing a third party auditor who might come in, you know, once a year, every quarter, or maybe just like every six months, they come in and audit because that way you have someone auditing your auditors. I'm always saying who's auditing the auditors. I love that you have this big compliance team, but who's auditing them to make sure they're doing their job right. So uh, there's lots of different ways, but being prepared um, for any kind of surprise investigation so, you're, so you can remove the element of surprise uh, is absolutely really important. Now, I know only from taking the course and we don't want to give too much away, but can you dive in a little bit about um, the importance of having a compliance binder? Oh yeah, I I love compliance binders. I developed my first binder probably back in, I don't know, like 2010. Uh, I had all these documents that I had to manage. And, I, and back then we were faxing, believe it or not, but it was very old school. We had to fax all these documents to our, to the state. And, um, and I just had all these different elements that I had to manage as far as uh, my documents. And um, so that's where I came up with the compliance binder. Lots of people have developed compliance binders, but it's really managing all my record keeping documents or my business records. So when the inspectors come in, I can have an at ease inspection. I like it because I'm, you know, when they come and say, can I see this document or can I see this? I'm not bent over in a filing cabinet going, where the hell did I put this inventory tracking sheet or, you know, where did I put this document or you're sitting there on the cloud? I have a rule if you can't find it uh, in under five minutes, you have to change your process and how you're managing your records. And now, so we've covered a little bit about the importance of being prepared. Uh, Let's dive a little bit into the risks of not being prepared, not being trained or not taking compliance seriously altogether. Yeah, I'm going to first dive into the not uh, taking compliance seriously. I, I have seen this trickle down effect, and I'll just give an example. It's just more of my stories from the street. But like, let's just say that you have an owner that doesn't care. What happens is that that then trickles down to the manager who's maybe underpaid, doesn't get benefits, not earning a living wage, but yet they have this huge compliance burden on their back and they're wearing 20 hats and they're, they're running your entire facility. And then under them, we have all these employees that don't earn a living wage and do not get 
benefits or health insurance or really any, they don't have any skin in the game and they're making 10 to $12 an hour. Um, what happens is we develop something like to call compl compliance complacency. And that's where everyone just, um, they just, they stop caring uh, because they're just, it's just a job. They're just showing up to get the money, their paycheck and move on. They're not, they're not really into the mission of the business. They're not really there uh, to grow as an employee. There's just really nothing there that offers them any kind of goals or career or anything to work towards. So like people nowadays, they want to have goals and they want to work towards something. So uh, it's, it's really, that actually will put you at risk. It really starts with the employees. They are the gatekeepers of compliance. They are the first person that the investigator sees, or the first person that the customer comes in and sees. They're the ones touching the product, growing the product, packaging the product. So they really are gatekeepers of compliance. And so it starts with them because if you don't train employees and, and, and pay them a living wage and provide them with benefits and a really healthy workplace environment, then you're beginning to put your operation at risk. And some of the risks are, um, for example, let's just say uh, you, don't, you don't do a good job at managing your documents and you have a commencement inspection and you turn in those documents that that could affect your conditional license and maybe you don't get a, maybe they take your conditional license away and give it to somebody else who's going to work harder. Um, fines, you can get up to $50,000 in fines. And, uh, and, and of course that hurts too. So there's a really big risk component um, to not really adhering to compliance and there's a lot of moving uh, pieces that you have to manage, but uh, it's, it's a really big payoff when you get them all working together. But uh, as an ex-employee in this industry, I know it, it starts with the employees. Like you can have all the money in the world and great marketing concepts and a brand, but you have to address the employees because they're the ones, uh, I always say they're the gears that keep this industry moving forward. We wouldn't be here without employees, just like we wouldn't be here without patients. It's such a it's such a good point that you bring, uh, really shedding light on the importance of your workforce, of your people, and ensuring that you are taking care of them. Otherwise, as the business owner or manager, if you know, you'll be you'll be strapped to being at at your business twenty four seven if you can't trust that anybody will do the right thing or even has you know the the tools and and education to do so. So for many different reasons, um, you know, that is of the utmost importance, but especially because it puts you at risk. What yeah. are some of the other risks um, of, you know, of, of not just taking compliance seriously or as oh, serious sure. as you need to? Well, I would say another example would be a recall. I mean, we see that all the time in multiple states. Uh, we have a recall. It could be for health and sanitation purposes that, you know, that maybe there was some type of contamination. Here's the thing a lot of people don't realize, you get the product at the grow, get sent in for testing uh, as its final form at the grow. So let's say cured and trimmed bud, but then it gets shipped to the dispensary in a turkey bag. Now that bud is getting pulled out of the turkey bag and it's either getting ground up for pre-rolls or it's getting prepackaged in, uh, you know, eight containers, or maybe it's deli style weighing in front of the customer. How many times that product get touched? Are people wearing gloves? Are they washing? Are they washing their hands? So then we have contamination at the dispensary level, and then 
the state comes in and does random testing and sampling. They start pulling things off the shelf and now they're finding things are contaminated. And now we have a recall. So what happens with a recall? It gets announced by the state. It gets announced by the health department. It gets in, you know, it gets in a local cannabis magazine or it makes national headlines. So now your brand is associated with somebody not washing their hands or not wearing their gloves and you're having health and sanitation issues and you're really this really big brand. So it just, it can actually be a domino effect. Great point. All right, Jenny, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we'll dive into a little bit, a bit, a little bit more specifics around her newest NCRM Academy course, preparing for compliance in the cannabis industry. We'll see you guys in a couple of minutes. Chronic Risk will continue after we visit our certified advertisers. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 gardens garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. You're listening to the voice of the National Cannabis Risk Management Association, NCRMA's Chronic Risk, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. For those of you who are joining us, you know that we're here with the great Jenny Germano, ICS Consulting. We are uh, about to dive into some of the specifics around her newest NCRM Academy course, Preparing for Compliance in the Cannabis Industry. Uh, now, Jenny, who should take this course and uh, and how soon in advance before opening or starting their business should they take advantage of having a firm hand for this knowledge? Yeah, great question. So, there's a, definitely a lot of different types of people that can take this course. And I would say one is, for example, if your state is getting ready to legalize, but they haven't yet, but you really want to get involved in the industry and you're just trying to get knowledge and education, this is a great course for you. because It's at an introductory level. It, just, it covers the basics and will give you the context so you know what you're preparing for. But also anyone that's going to uh, actually um, an employee who's looking to get in the industry that wants to have more knowledge as well and say, hey, I took this course, I'm going to put it on my resume, I'm building my resume, and, I, and I'm trying to find a really good job. Um, anyone that's really you know applying on an application as well, because a lot of the applications require you to show some type of education or experience, and so you could use this the certification from this course, the certificate of completion saying, hey, I took this course and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gaining knowledge right now. Uh, and then basically uh, any employee uh, that works, whether they are in a dispensary, a cultivation, a manufacturer, transporter, or a testing facility, um, any entry level employee, um, I think for a manager, this would be more of a review, but um, I know employees that love, uh, they love having uh, that review 
uh, even though they already know it, it's always nice to get a refresher. Um, so uh, I think any any of those people would be great uh, to get uh, this take this course and get that information. And I truly can't tell you enough how often people approach me and say, uh, I'm in a state, I, you know, I don't have any cannabis experience, but I'm on a mission to, to get my feet wet. I'll, I'll start at any point in the game. What do you recommend? Uh, I absolutely recommend taking these courses as well as, you know, our other Academy introductory courses. Cause again, many of us are in States that don't currently have the opportunity for valuable experience, but coming in with this knowledge is, uh, you know, almost just as good, sometimes even better. So I think that is a great point. Uh, now Agreed. we, we don't want to give too much away in terms of what you uh, include in the course, but I know that you you discuss some of the tools that can help businesses keep up with the regulations. Do you mind diving into a couple of those? Yeah, definitely. So um, a couple of the tools I recommend uh, just to kind of help your team, whether you're a really large operation of multi-state operators, believe it or not, MSOs have the same issues that even smaller companies have. It's really just how do we standardize everything? How do we find a platform to help us standardize everything that we're trying to do? And, and I see this on the whole scale from, from tiny mom and pops to large scale, that this is an issue that comes up. So it's really about how am I going to manage all the different things that I do? What are the platforms out there? So one is, you know, I would look towards, you know, researching on finding a platform to help you do self-auditing. And also another thing is uh, trying to keep up with the regulations in your state. You know, what are some tools and how to do that? When I was a dispensary manager, I found myself just chasing all this information, just, just chasing it. Just my head was spinning. I had to do, uh, you know, I, I was managing, you know, over 100 employees and, you know, two grows and an adult use uh, retail dispensary. And I was super busy. And, uh, and I had, and on top of it, I'm managing clients and had all these, so I had to find tools that would help assist and make things easier. Look to your state, go to your state platforms, um, you know, like, for example, utilize OSHA, the OSHA website in your, in your state. You know, maybe, maybe your county or state, you know, has a marijuana bulletin they send out sign up for your email, give out, you know, go and sign up for all the free newsletters and bulletins that you can in your state. Uh, that will help as well. Cause it, instead of you trying to track down all this information, it's getting sent to your inbox and that, you know, that really helps me. Also, if I'm either an owner or manager, get involved in your work groups, you know, get involved at the legislative letter level or just attend work groups. So you know, what's coming around the corner so you can prepare your facility for it. This is all invaluable information. Uh, and it, like we mentioned earlier, uh, steps to take and, uh, you know, avenues to, to, to go down to really prepare you on your quest to growing and maintaining a sustainable and successful cannabis business. Jenny, we really appreciate you coming out today. We're so excited as always to share your expertise with our network. And uh, we're even more excited to equip new businesses out there to succeed through the launch of this course. Once again, you can find out more about Jenny Germano and ICS Consulting Services at icsconsultingservice.com. 
And everybody that found this podcast informative should absolutely take our course, Preparing for Compliance in the Cannabis Industry, developed by none other than Jenny. It could be found at the NCRM Academy webpage. That's ncrma.net backslash NCRM Academy. Uh, and for all the listeners out there, where regardless of where you are on your cannabis business journey, we urge you to join our network. We will connect you with with experts like Jenny uh, to really help ensure. Again, we can't say enough. Our goal is to ensure that you are set up for nothing but success in the cannabis industry. Thank you to all the listeners for taking the time out of your day to join us. Stay safe out there and we will see you next time. Thanks again, Jenny. Thank you. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.